Hi, everybody. Welcome to our third episode of our podcast, Black Woman Business. Today, we're going to be busting some myths. We're going to be really, really displacing some myths, kicking them right out of the ballpark. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while now. But quickly before I proceed, I want to say thank you so much to the people that have shown um, an openness, a kindness, um, an appreciation for me expressing myself, contributing in this manner. It's something I've wanted to do for quite a while and your reception has been tremendous. I'm talking from all corners of our country, all corners of our continent and even throughout the globe. Thank you guys. Let me jump into it. The myths that we're going to be displacing today is the PhD, pull her down syndrome. I'll explain that for people that don't understand what it even is. And then the second one is you black, so you didn't get it on merit. And then the third one will be displacing is that men have the balls, they win. And then the other one is preference is to black women owned business. The other myth is that do what you like and the money will follow. Wow, that one. <laughs> really funny. And then the other myth is work, work, work. You must work hard so that you can achieve. Really. Okay. The next one is your mentor or your big break will come from somebody who looks like you, speaks like you, who's really very compassionate about you. No. The other one is, we need funding for our businesses. Big myth, big myth. And then the other one, poverty porn means you are very compassionate. Exposing yourself to poverty porn means that you're a very nice person. Myth. And then the final one, yeah, no, my grand will kill me for this one, is that qualifications will open your doors. I still say, no, they won't. You will open your doors. Okay, let's start from number one, PhD, pull her down syndrome. For the people that don't know what this is, it's um, a group of women. I heard about it from a group of women some years ago um, at some black women's conference where they say all of us women, when we together, we it's our instinct to try to pull each other down and um, we just really have a deep hate for each other and that we really can't really uplift. You know what I found really strange with this one is that it's mostly men that like to talk about a puller down syndrome. They love that concept. I mean, I heard a very... Um, upstanding ambassador talking about puller down syndrome i was like so disappointed because i mean firstly i'd like to say guys for anybody that thinks that this thing does exist it does not exist the only problem is you are surrounded by the wrong people get away from that bunch that's all it means if you find that you are amongst women that want to pull you down and you are sensing that they want to pull you down you are in the wrong place get away block them delete them unfriend them do whatever it takes you're in the wrong place because 
in my experience, oh my word, I've received the most nurturing and the most loving in this entire journey from women, warm women, strong women, fierce women, women from any race. Oh my God, like uh, where do I begin with these women? I'm telling you, even with this podcast, there's women that have offered to assist me with their professional services for free. Please, guys, PhD, you guys need to get away. There's so many wonderful women uh, around us everywhere. And also, you know what? When we pick up bad vibes, we need to use the instinct of a springbok, you know, when you watch the animal um, animal documentaries where the springbok is eating some grass and all of a sudden he has his head up. He doesn't even know where the lion is. He doesn't even know where the danger is, but he starts running like hell. I think that's the same type of sixth sense that we need to start using. As soon as you can pick up that, no, something's not right here. Just get away. Just get away and stop putting labels on you trying to s- submit to bad situations. And then this one, I also love it. You are black, so you didn't get it on merit. Guys, so what if you are black? And so what if in, if the person thinks you didn't get it on merit? Because remember, once upon a time, being white was a merit. And also probably is in some situations still a merit to be a white person. So we can't just say no because you are black. Now you must feel bad and um feel like, oh my God, now they don't think I'm really worth it. You are worth it. Even if you are just black remember that same blackness and that same femaleness that you have with you is the same thing that people got discarded for when they were fighting for our freedom people were fighting for our freedom and they were being discarded because they were black because they were female and now all of a sudden you are being regarded because of the same reason i'll take it i'll always take it and then my my job from then on is to prove that I'm worthy of it. I collect all the resources that I can get. I find all the people of any type of race that can help me execute flawlessly. That's my duty to avoid sabotage, to just navigate around sabotage and make sure that I execute whatever it is in the best capable way. The fact that I'm black and I'm a woman, if you're giving it to me because of that, Thank you very much. I'll take it. So, guys, I've heard very upstanding men, members of our um, South African uh, uh, delegations speaking very, very flippantly about, oh, no, I, I, wouldn't, I won't take it if they say it's just because I'm black. I mean, guys, really, I just think that is actually very childish to say anything like that. Moving on. Men have the balls, so they win. Oh, my word. We do this without even knowing how many times at work that a male colleague will put up their hand and you won't. And you know right in your head, this guy is putting up his hand and he's going to expect me to assist him. You know why he's putting up his hand? Because you won't. We women like to talk ourselves down and we like to complain even about it. And that is not fair. And I heard a very interesting talk from um, Dr. Leila Fori, who's the CEO of the JSE. She speaks so candidly about this, how we won't step forward for leadership positions, how we won't step up for for um, 
anything basically that's got to do with being in front and and males will do it easily easily a person without even experience for the job will put up there because they've got the confidence because they you know they've got the whole uh, um thing figured out you know Actually, that's how we think. We think they've got it all figured out and we talk ourselves down. We talk ourselves down. And I just feel like, yes, men do have the balls, but we have the boobs. We have the EQ. We have the emotional intelligence. We've got the nurturing instinct. We've got the love and the warmth and the understanding towards people. We've got the sixth sense. We've got a deep, thorough understanding of another human being in ways that for them, it would be a very tough task. And for us, that just comes very naturally, you know, and um, I had an experience. I remember when I was still employed at Kuburg and um, I, we had, because we were a nuclear plant operator, you have to be trained in firefighting. That's where I actually learned my deep, deep appreciation for firefighters. Well, we had to don a firefighting uh, gear and um, that clothing is so heavy and so hot, the helmet. And then on top of all of that, you must wear that oxygen tank on your back and go fight a fire. Um, for me, I was very fortunate because we were 11 in my group at the NPOs and I was the only woman in the group. I mean, that was, that is the usual situation in the industry that I'm in. And we had to learn how to fight fires. So in this occasion, they paired us to be two by two. Me was one of the males where we had to fight the fire go close to the source of the fire and go and isolate where um, the chemical came from. And I had to go in with this guy and he was the one that's holding the hose. Guys, the pressure of this hose can actually literally lift you up. It has to be the two of you that are holding on this thing. And after our discussion, we decided that I'm the one that's going to isolate. And we were going into like a container. Imagine guys, a container with fire and we have to go inside the fire to go and isolate the source as tiring as it was and as you know I, 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 can't, I don't even have the feeling to express how intense that whole situation was. We walked in there and the closer we got to the source, the guy actually panicked. He dropped the hose and he ran out of that thing, leaving me alone with the fire. And the pipe was going up and down the, the container, hitting the top of the container and the bottom of the container. And I had to grab onto that thing, make sure that I go close to the isolation point on my own and isolate and then retreat backwards slowly and properly. And I did it. And I was very proud of myself. The group, obviously, the guys are bashing this guy that um, almost put my life in danger. And they've been doing that <laughs> over the years. I feel sorry for him because he's a sweetheart. But I just mean like... We are those type of women. I mean, in other even worse excruciating circumstances, we are able to put up with that kind of heat, you know, in the literal sense. I'm telling you, but that firefighting uh, uh, training for me was the pit. I mean, you can literally smell your, your, your flesh melting you. It, you're so close with the fire. The only thing that's stopping the fire to get into your face is that cone-shaped water. But nonetheless, let me move on. So, what I'm trying to say here is, 
men have the balls, but we have the boobs. Thank you. <laughs> and then the next one, preference is given to black women-owned business. Oh, my word. You know what? I also really fell into that one. I loved that one. Actually, when I heard our then president going on and on on radio, um, uh, President Zuma going on and on about the importance of black business. I really, really thought, you know what? All I have to do is walk into a room and say, hello, I'm a black business. And things would just come to me. No, guys. No, it doesn't work like that. You need to be very serious about what you're offering. It's fierce competition, I'm telling you. It is. First of all, there's lots of us black women businesses out there. There's, we, there's a whole sea of us. So who is the preference really going to be given to, you know, besides other competition that you have to meet up with in any case? The perks are there, but they are very few and far between, honestly. And like I said, there's a whole sea of us standing and, and being ready for the opportunity. So the only thing that will uh, make you different from the rest is your performance and how you really execute and your persistence and your, your never-say-die attitude, basically. And then there's this one that I really, really love also. Do what you love and the money will follow. Wow. No, guys. Really? You think this works? Like, then if that is going to work, then who will be picking up our uh, messed up um, sanitary pads at all these malls, at all these uh, uh, public buildings? Who's going to be doing that? You think somebody that loves it? I don't think so. I mean, if in your area... There's a shortage of bread. When people go buy bread, there's no more, there's no more. And you're going to offer dance classes because it's something that you love. Uh, guys, there's bread needed. You're going to offer dance classes. No, guys, I don't think it works like that. It's very few and far in between that you find the two coincide. If there is a need and it happens to be what you love, by all means, you you have actually really scored because that is definitely usually <laughs> doesn't happen. I mean, we also sanitize uh, uh, buildings. Of uh, uh, um, sometimes they've been COVID cases and we get called out for one time uh, in December. Uh, Sipe and I got called out for one of our clients uh, was in the hospital fighting for his life with COVID, but he managed to call us, say that he was preparing to come back to his house. I think it was actually part of his fight and he fought a good fight because he did come back home. Anyway, so he sent us to come and fog his house. Guys, you think that's something that we really enjoy? Donning all that PPE to go into people's houses and uh, 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 knowing that they were in contact with COVID and going to fight the, the, the virus? No, guys. So, obviously, you do what is the need, not what you love. You can always do what you love later, <laughs> really. And then there's this one. Oh, people love it. Work, 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 work hard. And be, be, you must be busy, 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 busy doing work, busy. Oh, my God, guys, no. <laughs> when I look back at the busiest times in my career, 
Oh, my word, they were so non-productive. No, um, staying up at night, and 24 hours working on a thick document, going on, calling people. No, guys, it works for some people. I know a few people that just thrive in that type of situation. But for me, never, never works. Also, I just, for me, my weeks are... Four days, if I can just put it into that perspective, four days in a week of seven days that I'm really working. The other three I needed, I needed for my time out. I needed to refresh. I needed to listen to you guys about your questions and just live life and take a breather, switch off my phone and just be. Because this really ties up with a, a mental health and mental health is a real thing for me guys because in my family, I lost my dad and another family member through suicide. So mental health is a big one for me. It's a real big one. I don't play around. I do a lot to sustain mental health in my life. And I know when I'm going a little bit off the rails and I need to get myself back. And sometimes it's a huge adjustment for oh, my husband because he's the opposite. I think he's those guys that work, 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 work hard. And I just, I just can't. So um, it's not always guys the most important thing here is to be productive when you finally sit down and work it must be 30 minutes of work that you can say yeah no that was good yeah no i've achieved something here otherwise you'll be filling in paperwork until donkey days and you don't even know which page you're on and you don't even know what you're doing so it's not worth it um just keep track on why what is the purpose of this work when i'm done what do i want to have achieved that for me is a thing and then the next one oh lovely one we need funding for this business no no what are you doing in your business you're selling something what do you need you need that something right okay Let's be fair, you need to purchase that something. But then from whom do you purchase that something from? In your business, what do you need? You need stock. You need office equipment. You need branding. Like I said, places like Cedar and even NYDA are able to provide you with that. They don't provide you with the money. They provide you with the vouchers to be able to do that. And then from then on, how do you navigate? If you need stock, you go to the person that you would be purchasing your stock from. Lots of companies offer 30, 30 day, um, credit, 30 day credit where they can supply you with whatever you need and you pay them after 30 days. What happens is, especially when it's a beautiful transaction, you already have a customer waiting for what you are about to sell. That is nice because then your customer pays, you also order with that money. So let's stop this whole story of we need funding, we need funding. Lots of transactions don't need funding. And also lots of transactions just need to, for you to look at what do I actually need here? You sometimes have companies or partnerships that do have the resources and that will actually assist you to pull this thing together. So it's not always that you need funding and you need money and then the other one poverty porn makes you compassionate poverty porn is that whole story of exposing yourself to um 
dire situations, tough situations, uh, uh, people are really, really struggling. For me, the only focus there, guys, is what are you going to do for these people that you are looking at, that you are taking pictures of, that you are exposing yourself? What are you, what are you going to do to help? You know, there's so much happening. Even the 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 homicide, the femicides and homicides going on in uh, Mozambique. That whole situation. Like, what are we doing? Are we at least putting together a petition, something to assist those people? For me, it just seems so sinful to um, expose yourself to such and not do anything about it. And what you're doing is you're busy spreading the word and you're talking about these hardships. You're going on and on, yet you are doing nothing to assist and also this is remember on the very first podcast i talk about this is the reason why i actually started the business is because i wanted to be able to donate selflessly selflessly but if we keep on exposing ourselves to poverty porn and we have no assistance plan for them or no help whatsoever I just think it's self-inflicted pain, really. It is because you're going to toss and turn thinking about all these hardships and go through so much, so much, which can even lead you to a depression. You are inflicting yourself of pain. So my suggestion is, unless you're going to help, stay away. And then my next one. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. It says, your big break or your help is going to come from somebody who looks like you. That one, a definite false. A definite false, why? Because, oh, I also thought so. Right at the beginning of my um, business career, I met a black professor. Oh my God, I thought he was going to be my biggest mentor. I was really looking up to him. things didn't work out. I think it's because he used to forget a lot about our meetings. He used to forget when we're going to meet. I mean, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that he did on purpose, but he was going through something. But I can tell you guys, once you open your mind to your creative space and what you actually want to offer, it's amazing the type of people you can attract in your radar. It's amazing how far your reach can go within your radar. You know, my biggest break actually came from a Canadian man. He is in his late 70s. He has been here in South Africa since the early 80s and I met him in nuclear. I've never seen somebody who actually believes in me that much, you know took my ideas, took them to the board, took them um, to the head office overseas in Paris, and I could actually see my ideas being implemented here in South Africa. And the instruction came from overseas, all because he really believed in me. You know, you don't need to focus only in one corner of people or a certain type of people. Once you open your horizon, you start engaging with people that are really true to your to your essence true to your purpose and what you're trying to achieve and it's such a beautiful thing to watch unfold so i'm saying let's not limit ourselves for looking out for a tuli for looking out for a tembi no that's not what you're doing even with your mentors spread 
spread the type of people that you would like to affiliate yourself with. Um, we're still going to have a topic on, on, on mentorship and then I will go through the thorough ones. But for me, that one was a big one. Oh, this one, the qualifications will not open doors. Guys, qualifications will not open doors. You will open doors. You will bust the doors with your persistence and perseverance. I'll tell you what qualifications can do. Qualifications can back you up. It's a beautiful backup. I always love it when I tell people I've studied Chem Eng. Then it's like, yeah, it's nice. But I can tell you, it's not that Chem Eng that got me to that room. It's my persistence. It's my never say die. It's my attitude and wanting to really get in there people are collecting mbas like it's nobody's business people are collecting cum louders like it's no business guys that cum louder can't do anything for you you need to bust the door open and tell them i have a cum louder and if you won't open your mouth Guys, there's people like Tuli that will bust the door and open their mouth and they don't even have much. They probably have just a trick, but they will be able to navigate tough situations and get themselves into very fortunate and advantageous positions just because they were able to bust the door. So this thing of playing nice, studying, thinking that if you get this, if you get, no. Get yourself into that network. Get yourself into that space around those people, into those doors. What are they doing there? Then eventually you can tell them, guys, actually, I have an MBA. You know what? Then you are doing the things. This one reminds me of a situation I was in when I was in Petro SA, um, when I did my in-service training. It was um, fourth semester and I didn't do so well uh, because it was just after my father's death and um, my results were so bad. So we have to get at least four, four semesters in the bag uh, for a national diploma in chemical engineering. Then you have to go and do your in-service training. Um, that is usually done in internally by uh, uh, staff um, at the in, uh, uh, educational institution. They seek out what you call uh, in-service training place for you. But for me, it was never like that. Why? Because my results are so bad, especially the fourth um semester but fortunately at that time we were still allowed if you had passed three semesters you were still eligible but remember we i was studying with those ladies that have the cum lauders that have the 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 four semesters sorted so many distinctions so i wasn't even competition like when the guy looks at my uh, uh what you call um statement of results and looks at the fourth semester i just go underneath the pile because there's other people performing better i mean why should he waste his time on somebody who's busy failing while there are people there achieving distinctions so i took it upon myself i took it upon myself to get a list from that same guy a list from uh, um chemical institutions that needed uh, what you call um, in-service trainees that year. Uh, I think it was 2005. And then I called them one by one. Most of them, as soon as I gave them my results, they never answered back. They were like, you know, they, no thank you. <laughs> and then it got to the point whereby, okay, I really had to go out of the scope now. 
Um, I've always uh, 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 dreamt of working at Petro SA. I, it was just something for me. When I drive past on the end to going to the Eastern Cape and I see uh, Petro SA, I'm just like, this place. And then what I did is I applied. I called there. They said, we don't take um, in-service training students. We only take students that we've given the bursary to and on holiday. And then I was just like, um, but who is in charge? And they, it took me to the next senior person, the next senior person, until eventually I spoke to the CEO. In the phone, I, that time it was, we used to call it containers at the Vodacom container. And I spoke to the CEO of Petrus and he said, yes, this is something that we are considering. And my main gripe was that you guys said we must study maths and physics. You guys said that we, you need engineers, you need people of our skill. And now you're not taking people. Where am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to stay home? And then he gave me contacts of the HR person. And then they said, he said he's going to set up a meeting that they discussed. It. Guys, to cut a very long story short, I got a call back saying that they've had the meeting, they've selected to take, I think, 16 of us. Oh, I made some great friendships there, friendships that are still lasting till this day. So what I'm trying to say is, even though my results were bad, even though the situation was so dire, I couldn't even show my parents my results. But I managed to make something of it. And for me, that was a major jump. I'm talking about persistence, guys. I'm talking about pushing through and making sure that you are there and you deliver. By the time the guys at Petro SA asked for my marks, they had really known me quite well. The entire call calls back and forth were like an interview session. And I was also fortunate. I got called into another interview uh, by a company that was called um, Somchem. They, they, they manufacture explosive, explosives in Somerset. I think they've since closed now. And I've had to make a very tough decision of deciding whether do I want to go to Somchem at Petro SA. Guys, look at me. I'm the one that's deciding now which place I want to go to. And my results are rotten. But I made something of that situation. It's good to study, guys. It's good to really upgrade yourself. But the main thing, your persistence, your, 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 your fight is going to count more than anything here. And then when you've got people that are listening, you can start pulling out your records of your achievements and things that you've done. That will be a definite win. Guys, I think I've had a great time with you now. Those were the myths that I wanted to displace. And I'm so glad because now that we've got all of this stuff out of the way, we can really proceed with some practical step-by-step um, -step bits on how to actually start this thing and to keep it riding. Um, I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening in. Bye-bye.